your Bibles this morning. Hope you start bringing your Bibles. I know I put them up on the big screen. I just I like to hear pages turn. Like one pastor said, it sounds like angel wings when you're turning the pages. And uh, um, I'm old school. I like to bring my Bible as well. But if you have your smartphone, you can go there as well. And I'm going to give you three scriptures that we're going to look up, and then I need to share something before we get into the Word. Um, we're going to look at John, um, John chapter 14, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I used to give you two, now I'm giving you three. John chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 15, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And the title of this message is The Imminent Return of of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the rapture of the church today. Last Sunday, that's kind of how I ended the message, and I encourage you, if you weren't here, to uh, go back online, the podcast, and listen to it. It's called The Seed War. We kind of went from Genesis to Revelation in that message, but we ended with the rapture of the church. After church, I had a lot of feedback from people, and I had somebody say, Pastor Mark, I'd like to hear more teaching about the rapture of the church because I've never really heard that much about it. I just heard about it, and I'd just like to know more about it, and so I felt like that's where I need to go, and I'm probably going to do, if the Lord willing, I'm probably going to bring a message next Sunday along the, I'm going to entitle it, The Reason for the Rapture, and I'm going to tell you this, it's not what we think. A lot of people think it's just we're going to get escaped out of here, and it's because we're not going to see the tribulation, and all that's byproducts of the rapture. But there is an absolute reason for the rapture that's in the plan of God. And we're gonna, I'm going to show you that in the Word. Uh, but before we get into this message today, something I've been praying over that if I should share or not, because it was something that personally happened to me. And there's sometimes, you know, when you're walking with God, especially as a pastor, that God speaks to me personally about things that are personal to me, my family, my marriage, things like that, that I just don't get up here and share with everybody. Amen? But then there are some things that God, because I am a pastor, that God speaks to me, and then God says, Mark, I need you to share this with your congregation because what God's doing in me flows down into you guys. That's why there's such a responsibility up here, and I don't take that lightly. And so I'm just going to, I've been praying over this and felt like I needed to share this, but last Sunday when Cammie was here, um, very great service, very anointed message. You could tell she spent a lot of time with the Lord. She released uh, in the atmosphere that prophetic anointing. And that night I went home, and the next morning, because when I woke up it was 3.40 a.m., I had a dream. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't dream a lot. Uh, and there's some dreams that come from the Lord, and there's some dreams that come from pizza too late at night, okay? <laughs> right? But this was a dream from God. And in this dream... I felt myself, and I, I've learned this from Pastor Ezra Randall. He's really good at interpreting dreams and stuff. I've learned a lot from him over the years. Um, but he's always told me, he said, Mark, you need to, in a, in a dream, when you, as soon as you wake up, write it down. So I wrote it in notes in my phone. And he said, but you need to pay attention, not just more what you see in the dream, but how you feel and you're, what you're thinking in that dream as well. And so in this dream, I'm at a, I can tell I'm at a, far away distance, and it's like I'm looking down on this scene, and it's a river, riverbed, and in this riverbed, I see two animals. I, the first thing I see is a bear, okay, and I'm, I'm looking at this bear, and I'm like, man, that is a big bear. That's a good-looking bear, and that's a good-looking big bear, and I'm watching this bear playing in the water, and he's like, he's fishing, you know, what bears do and all this, 
And then all of a sudden, I see an alligator. And this alligator is bigger than the bear. This is a big, gigantic alligator. Now, I, okay, I don't normally dream about animals, okay? So I, even in my dream, I'm thinking to myself, this is, I don't know if you've ever done this, but even in my dream, I'm thinking, this is from the Lord, I need to pay attention. Really, I mean, that's what was going on in this dream. And, uh, and so this, this alligator gets after this bear and starts attacking it, and it's chasing it all around in this, in this riverbed bottom. And I'm just, like, at a high distance, like I'm in my tree stand, you know, looking at, for all the hunters out there, watching this whole scenario unfold before me. And I'm thinking, golly, bear, you know, you're getting to get out of the way. You know, this thing's fixing to get you. And about that time, this alligator got this bear, and he's chomping on him. And all of a sudden, I notice I have a gun. And I'm thinking, shoot the alligator. Kill this alligator and help this poor bear. So I shoot this alligator, and I shot twice. Boom, boom. And then it, I saw the, the alligator let go of the bear and all this. And then I, in the next moment, I'm down in the water looking for the bear to see if the bear's okay, if the bear survived. And I start getting this thought, where's the alligator? I don't see the alligator. Is he still in the water? Is he about to get me? And I'm having that thought, and I don't ever see the bear again, I never see the alligator again, but I'm in the, in the water. And boom, I wake up. 3.40 a.m., I looked at my watch, I wrote my notes down. And I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? The next morning I told Jada, you know, about it. And as a series of days of me praying and asking even the Lord for Scripture to back it up, because um, I think that's healthy too, you know, for the Lord to talk to you and get the Scripture on that. Because, you know, it, some of us would pass that off like, oh, I've dreamed about a bear and an alligator, you know, and I shot the alligator. Whoop-de-doo. But I knew in the dream, I knew that God was speaking. And so I said, God, what does this represent? And what God showed me, said, Mark, and that had to do with something that I asked on Sunday. Several things that I asked for on Sunday because Cammie challenged us to ask. You know, go through that door and ask God what you want. And so there were some things that I asked for when I went through that door. And it had to go, go back to to what I asked for, and God told me, he said, Mark, that bear represented boldness that's inside of you. The alligator represented the insecurities that are inside of you, and that alligator was attacking the bear. I told you to kill the alligator, and you did, and the, the deal is, Mark, feed the bear. Feed the bear. Quit feeding your insecurities. Feed the bear. And so I was like, okay, because God was saying, because I want you to get bolder in your prayers. I want you to come, in the, the scripture is come to my throne boldly and ask. Be a bear. Be a bear about it. You know, ask for the power of God. Ask for the anointing. Ask for signs, wonders, and miracles. Ask for those things. Even though you've never seen them before and it scares the weebie-jeebies out of you, but it's the, when those things start happening, the fear of God will fall and people will get right with God. It's not about me. It's about people getting right with God because we're living in the last days. And then as, as time went on, this has always unfolded over this whole week from, since last Sunday. It didn't just happen, boom. I told Jada about the dream, and I told her about the boldness in the bear. And then God took me to a passage of Scripture, and I'm going to read this today because I feel like, I, and I don't normally share all these every time that, you know, but I felt like I needed to share this because this is what's keeping some of you in here from going through the open door that God's got before you. Okay, and and when we uh, and Jace, you were part of this confirmation this morning. When you come up here, you had this black shirt on, and I'm going to explain this black shirt here in just a second. God speaks through colors too. Exodus 20 verses 18 through 21, and it's talking about Moses and the children of Israel. 
It says, now when all the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood far off. And one of them, one of the translations says they remained at a distance. That's the way I was in my dream. I was at a distance when I first saw this. People were afraid and trembled and they stood far off and said to Moses, Moses, you speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. Did you know the fear of God will keep you from sinning? And we're losing the fear of God. In the, not, I'm talking not in the world. I'm talking in the body of Christ. We're losing the fear of God. And when the power of God shows up, signs and wonders and miracles, when the true preaching of God's word happens, there's a fear of God that falls. The holy fear of God and people get right with God. We're living in a day where people need to get right, for God, right with God and it needs to happen in the church first. It says, do not fear for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. And the people stood far off while Moses Moses drew near, and this is what really got me, because there's this open door before the children of Israel, an open door before Moses, and it says the people stood far off, they remained at a distance, but Moses kept drawing near. If you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. But it says this in verse 21, to the thick darkness where God was. That was where that black shirt come in. Because there's times when God's speaking to you, and you don't see the light in front of your foot. And he's saying, I want you to walk through that door. And you look through that door and you're saying, God, I don't see no light. I just see darkness. He goes, I've got to get you to step first so you'll see the light. I've got to get you to step first so you'll see the light. And so a lot of us remain insecure and we don't take that first step. And we stay out of what God has for us. Because all it looks like is darkness. And God's saying, I'm in the thick darkness but I need you to take a step of faith. Now, I'm just releasing that word to you today because that's something that God has been speaking to me and things that I've been asking for. And he said, Mark, I need you to get rid of your insecurities and feed the bear and get bold and start asking. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, now we're going to get into teaching today. I hope that helps somebody. Um, you may have just came to church just to hear that, and that's okay. But you're going to hear some more word today. We all need the word. Amen. Okay, this is the imminent return of Jesus Christ, and this is, I'm going to read three scriptures to you that back up the rapture of the church, okay? Show the rapture of the, of the church. This is in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, and this is Jesus himself speaking to his disciples and to us. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Jesus is saying, I'm going to come for you and I'm going to bring you to where I'm at. Okay, this is, this is all pointing to the rapture, that, that word that we use, rapture, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in, here in just a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was the, uh, the apostle to the Gentiles, to us. He was the apostle to start the church of Jesus Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 15, he talks about this mystery that the Lord shared with him. 
He says, I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Um, Behold, I tell you a mystery. There it is, mystery. We shall not all sleep. He's talking about death. As believers, I love how believers, whenever believers die, they're just asleep. Their body is just asleep. Now, their spirit and soul goes to be with the Lord, but in the Bible it refers to death as sleep. But we shall all be changed. I love verse 22 because he says, In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on the immortality. And when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortality... Then shall it come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Did you know the last enemy is death? And it's going to be swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Jesus took the stinger out of death. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now then Paul, further to the church at Thessalonica, tells him more, and this is what we ended with last Sunday, tells him more about this, this mystery. And the, the church in Thessalonica was thinking that, you know, has Jesus already come back? Is it rapture happened? But, you know, what's all going to take place? The Apostle Paul, what's going to take place? And so he teaches him. And he says in verse 13, he says, Buddha, I do not want you to be uninformed. One translation says, ignorant, brothers, about those who are asleep. There's that word again, asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. We grieve when we lose loved ones, uh, when they pass away. I hate saying lose. We haven't lost them. We know where they're at. We're going to see them again. And they have just went to sleep before us, and we're going to see them again. There's going to be a great family reunion one day. And I talked about that last Sunday. I'm going to get to see my son, Jaden. I'm going to get to get Darlene Clark's approval, Darlene Calloway's approval for marrying her daughter. I'm going to get to see Jance. I'm going to get to see Rex and Jack. I'm thinking of all the ones in our church family that has went home to be with the Lord. We're, we're going to have one awesome reunion in heaven. Um, it, I'm just going to say this right now. If you've had miscarriages, you're going to get to see them in heaven. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Verse 14 says, Thank you for this hope, Lord. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord, that we who are alive and who are... And this is not just Paul making this up. He says this is a word from the Lord, that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. It's going to be loud, okay? And here's the deal. This is going to be, we're going to hear it. I don't, think ever, I don't know if everybody on the planet's going to hear it, but believers are going to hear it. And we're going to meet the Lord in the hair. Now, just stay with me. Verse 17 says, uh, Then we who are alive and who are left will be caught up. Everybody say, caught up. That's where the word rapture comes from. It actually, we also just say catching away. But the Latin translation of that is, rap, uh, is rapture, caught up. And that's where we get the word rapture from. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we're going to meet the Lord where? In the air. The Lord comes back into the atmospheric heavens and shouts, and the voice of God and the trumpet and the voice of the archangel, and, shout, and God shouts, and we rise up and meet him in the air. This is the rapture of the church 
This is not the return of Jesus yet. The return, the second coming, is when he puts his feet on this planet and an earthquake happens on the Mount of, Ol- the Mount of Olives. Um, so we'll get to that later on. Therefore, encourage, I love this, together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always, not part-time, not that we're coming back, oh, we'll come back with Jesus at the end, okay? But he said, we're going to always be with the Lord. I love that. And Paul then says to the church, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, if, you've, if you don't know the word, and that's, I'm, this is why you have me as your pastor and your teacher, okay? And I, I encourage you to check this out yourself. Don't just listen to me and, you know, buy it hook, line, and sinker. I am trying to teach you the truth. I want you to know that, the truth that I know from God's word, okay? But I always want you to go study it out for yourselves. But when you first read this and you're going, wow, a rapture? Um, you know, I'm talking about unbelievers. Some of you have heard this so much. It's like, yeah, we believe it, Mark. You know, let's, let's go on. Um, but there's some people that don't understand this at all. When they hear it, they're like, what? They get scared. They don't know what's going on. And, and there's some people that mock this, and they say, oh, you believe in that body snatcher stuff. Oh, yeah, I do. I sure do. And in fact, and so when you're studying the Bible, and I've always told you this, you've got to have Bible interpret Bible, not man interpret Bible, let Bible interpret Bible. And so I'm going to show you real quickly seven raptures or seven, it's also resurrection, okay? Seven resurrections that are in the Word of God, seven raptures. This has happened before. What I just read you in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it's happened before. That's not something new, okay? Stay with me. All right. You can go plumb back to the book of Genesis, which is the seedbed of the whole Bible, and here's, here's a guy that didn't see death, and his name is Enoch, the seventh from Adam. It says, Genesis 5, verse 24, says, I love this scripture, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. There's another word for rapture, taken. He was, he was just, he, God took him, said he walked with me. And I'm like, wow, man, that is so awesome. Enoch walked with God, and God took him. And you can see this again in the New Testament in Hebrews 11, verse, or verse 5, which I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. And he says, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. I want to live like that, that I'm so pleasing to God that he just takes me. Amen? The second one, there's some debate about this one, but stay with me, okay? Everybody going to stay with Pastor Mark? The second one is Moses. Type and shadow of a rapture, a resurrection. And I'm, I gave you the scriptures. I'll send these to you today because I'm going to have to go kind of quick to get this all out this morning. But in Deuteronomy chapter 34, it says that only God, basically I'm going to paraphrase that, script, that passage, is only God knows where Moses is buried. Okay, it's what the scripture says. It also says that he was 120 and that he was in pretty good shape when he passed away. His eyes wasn't dim and he still had vigor is what the Bible says. I want to be 120 years old and can still see. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm already wearing readers already, and I'm 54. Open the door. Amen. So then if you go to Mark chapter 9, Matthew chapter 17, and Luke chapter 9, who appeared on the mountain of transfiguration with Jesus? If you know the word, it was Elijah and who? Moses. Okay. He showed up. He showed up there. So we got to put this together. 
Jude chapter 9, or there's only one chapter, I shouldn't say chapter 9, it's verse 9. There's only one chapter in Jude. It says, but when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. I'm like, why, you know, God, so God's trying to tell us that only God knows where he's at. I think he's in heaven. I think he went straight into heaven. He might have died, but God resurrected him and he went right to heaven. Rapture. Staying with me? Here's another one. Number three is Elijah, 2 Kings verse, or chapter 2, verse 11. And as they still went on and talked, Elijah and Elisha, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I've always wondered, what did Elisha think about that? I mean, he got to see that and experience that. Went right into heaven. Elijah went to heaven. Okay, let's keep going. Here's number four is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Acts 1, verse, uh, verses 9 through 11, it says, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight, and while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Did you know there's going to be a day, if we're still alive and remain, when that trumpet sounds, that we're going to stand on that cloud with Jesus? Cannot wait for that. Here's another one that a lot of people have never seen in the Scripture this, this has always fascinated me. Number five is the Old Testament saints. And this is in Matthew chapter 27, verses 52 through 53. And this is right after Jesus had died on the cross. And it says the temple veil was written to. And here, listen to this, what happened. Verse 52 says the tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. That's in Matthew. That's in the Gospels. There's another rapture resurrection. The number six, and this is the one we're talking about today, is the body of Christ, which is the bride of Christ, which is us, the church. That's the next thing on the prophetic time calendar. Did you know that? That's the next thing to happen, and it can happen any day, and we need to be ready. And here's the last one, the two witnesses in Revelation. Revelation chapter 11, verses 11 and through 12. The two witnesses, if you read, I'm not going to go, this is a whole other teaching as well. But if you read Revelation chapter 11, it says that these two prophets, these two witnesses, these two men of God, one of them has the authority to shut up the heavens from rain, and the other one has the authority to bring pl plagues and to turn the, the rivers into blood. Who does that sound like? Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah. They come back in the book of Revelation. I, I interpret the Bible literally. Literal. It's a literal translation. This is really going to happen. It says, but after the three and a half days, they're, 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 and this is other, another reason why I know the church isn't there in tribulation, okay? Because here's another, because there's some people that believe mid-trib, post-trib, all this. I believe pre-trib. Because if the church was there, we're going to be celebrating that Moses and Elijah are here. We're going to be going, go get them, Moses and Elijah. We're with you. 
But the, the Bible says in Revelation 11 that everyone was against them. Everyone hated them. In fact, when they died, the Bible says, now, this is the Bible, the Bible says that everybody on the world exchanged gifts. It was like Christmas time. They're gone. They're dead. Praise God. Of course, they're praising a different God when they say it. And it's, so the church can't be there. Just, just, that's just another caveat because some people think the church is going to go through the tribulation. I used to believe that too as well. Post-trib, there's, and I've studied the word, and I just do not see it now. I cannot see it. It is not there. We're going to be out of here. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell on all those who saw them. Now, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to throw this out there, okay? If they were beheaded, their head comes back to their body, and they stand up from the breath of God. Okay, then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here, and then they went up to heaven in a cloud, there's that cloud again, and their enemies watched them. One of these days, we're going to hear the Lord Jesus himself say, come up here, and we're going to be caught up. Everybody with me? Everybody excited about this? You're as excited about it as I am? I'm going to jump the first three feet, I think, when I hear that come up here. Right, the meaning of the rapture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. The meaning of the rapture, where it says caught up, rapture is derived from the Latin translation. The Greek translation is harpazo. And so I had a little comical relief with the Lord. When I'm studying the word, I don't know if it's just how God made me, but we have, I have this sense of humor with the Lord. And I was like, God, so, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that, we, that I get to get up there on Sunday and call it rapture instead of harpazo. You know, God's fixing the heart. It sounds like God's fixing to harpoon us, you know, harpoon us, you know, into heaven. You know, so I was, I was like, thank you, Lord. So, but harpazo means this. The Greek translation of harpazo has basically four different meanings to it. It means carry off by force. To claim for oneself eagerly. I want you to know Jesus is ready to come back and get us. He's ready to come back and get his bride. Number three is to snatch away speedily. Oh, yeah, I do believe in the body snatcher. I do believe. Jesus is going to come and snatch us away from here. Snatch us away speedily. And to rescue from the danger of destruction. We're not going to have to experience the tribulation. We're not going to have to experience the wrath of God. Amen? Amen. The rapture, this is another thing that you need to understand about the rapture. The rapture is not the second coming of Christ. The rapture is where we meet the Lord where? In the air. The second coming is when he comes and put his, his feet back down on this planet and we come with him along with the angelic host. So rapture means caught up in the air. Second coming, the Lord Jesus Christ puts his feet back on the earth and for every prophecy, I want you to think about this, for every prophecy about Jesus' first coming, there are eight about his second coming. The 260 chapters of the New Testament contain 318 references to the second coming of Christ. So basically, the prophetic time, timeline is this. Rapture, tri- seven years of tribulation, return, the second coming. That's, that's the way it looks. Revelation 10, 3.10 is where... Um, a lot of Bible scholars, and I do as well, hang our hat on this, is because Revelation 3.10 says, because you have kept my word about patient 
uh, kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world. That's the tribulation. That's also what the prophets called Jacob's trouble to try those who dwell on the earth. And so, young people, I really want you to listen to me, everybody, this morning. There's three reasons the rapture could happen today. And that's why it's called the imminent return. A lot of people think, oh, no, this has got to happen. 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 We even think, you know, what's going on with Israel right now? That's got to No, none of that has to happen for, the, for Jesus to come back to, for, for the rapture of the church. The rapture, listen to this, because even the Apostle Paul was teaching them then in the church of Thessalonica, which was 2,000 years ago, the rapture is a signless event. This is the doctrine of imminency, the imminent return of Jesus. It makes us live right now for God. It can happen at any moment. Now listen, listen to me. Things may happen, but nothing must happen for it to happen. We must live prepared lives ready to meet our Lord and Savior at any moment in the air when he calls for us. And that makes you live right today. The rapture is a surprise event, so it's signless. It's a surprise event. This is Matthew 24, verses 36 through 39. This is Jesus speaking. It says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were uh, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man. Talking about the rapture. We're right there. We're knocking at the door. That door is about to open, and this is the year of the open door. Here's number three. The rapture is a sudden event. And the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, what we read earlier, verse 52, he said it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. That's like a nanosecond. I mean, it's going to happen that fast. <laughs> you get, people get comical about this. Are we going to keep get, have our clothes on, you know? Or is it going to be like those movies where their pile of clothes is just laying there? I don't know how that's going to happen, but... Uh, if, if we shed these clothes, we're going to have new clothes immediately. So you're not going to be naked in heaven, okay? If that's what you're worried about. All right. We have a little sidebar there, a little joke. Okay. Everybody okay with that? Right. I'm good. I need clothes, Lord. All right. Here's, here's the deal. So the rapture is a sudden event. In the twinkling of, of an eye. So this is how the rapture is to impact our lives right now, guys. We can live with expectation because it can happen at any moment. We can live with dedication and being consecrated unto God. And we can live with preparation. That's how God wants us to live right now. He wants you to know that this is imminent. The imminent return of Jesus Christ is life's greatest stimulus package for living a consecrated, dedicated, and prepared life for the Lord. You know what it does for me? It keeps the fear of God in me to keep me from sinning. Just like Joseph, when he could have went into Potiphar's wife's house and been with Potiphar's wife, he said, how can I do such a thing and sin against my God? He had a fear, a whole, he had a healthy fear of God that kept him from sinning. Here's Titus 2, verses 11 through 14. 
It says, for the grace of God has appeared. Aren't you thankful for God's grace? Yes. And here's what it does, bringing salvation for all people. Now, I want you to listen to verse 12, because God's grace is not a, listen to this preacher this morning, God's grace is not a license to sin, and so you can get away with everything you want to get away with and still go to heaven. God's grace does not do that. What God's great, God's, the true grace of God, if, if that's your grace, that's not a grace from God. That's, I'm going to say it even like this, that's a grace from the enemy, and that, that teaching has slipped into the church, too. To keep people from living a holy life before God. Like, oh, you can do anything. You can be anything you want. And, and you're still going to go to heaven as long as you you know, know Jesus. Here's the deal. Listen, listen to me. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble. Are they saved? No, they're not. So people can believe in God and still not be born again. Yeah, know about him but don't know him. That's another way to put it. They don't have that intimate relationship with him. Don't let that be you. Look at verse 12, what the, what the true grace of God does. The true grace of God, when you really get born again, when you really start following Jesus, when you really experience the grace and love of God, what begins to happen to you, he starts training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. That's what the grace of God really does. Waiting for our blessed hope. And that blessed hope is the rapture of the church. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness. To purify for himself a people for his own possession. Who are zealous for good works. Jesus is ready to come back for his bride. Jesus is the bridegroom. We are, we are the bride. I am a man, and I'm telling you, I am the bride of Christ today. I identify as the bride of Christ, and I'm a man. <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that because that's Scripture. And I told Jada, I, I read her this Scripture. I said, this is the Scripture I'm going to end with today, and I have never seen this before. This, this has blessed me to no end, and I just can't get it out of my head and my thoughts and I've been wanting to get all the way to this scripture for you guys this morning. And did you know the coming of Jesus for his bride is found in the Song of Solomon? Listen to this. This is so good. The voice, this is the bride of Christ. It's like us talking to the Lord, who's the bridegroom, okay? So this is us talking to Jesus. And then here in just a little bit in verse 10, we're going to see Jesus talk back to us. It says, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. God, Jesus is gazing through the windows of heaven, and if there is lattice in heaven, he's looking through the lattice of heaven, looking at us. He's ready to come back for his bride. And this is, I love this, verse 10. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. He's coming back to get us. And I don't know if he's going to say, come away with me. If he's going to say, what, you know, the, new, the King James Version, come up hither. <laughs> I don't know, but he's going to say, let's go. 
and we're going we're gonna to rise and meet him in there. First of all, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. We're going to rise and meet him in there, and we're always going to be with the Lord. And here's what Jesus said. He said, blessed be those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So if you've heard this message today, that is your invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Don't miss it. You don't want to be here through the tribulation. You want to start living right and living for Jesus now. Because I believe, and I know the Apostle Paul believed this too, the church at Thessalonica believed it as well, but it's 2,000 years later. There's a lot of things that's happened. One of the biggest signposts that has happened in our generation, and scholars debate on how long a generation really is, but the biggest signpost for everything, and I believe that we are the generation to see the coming of the Lord, is that Israel became a state in 1948. That's the biggest signpost there is in Scripture. And we're in that generation. And we're seeing all kinds of things happening, all the signs of the times, the signs in the, in, the, in the heavenlies and everywhere. Guys, it's about to happen. And some of you young people in here are going, I want the Lord to wait because I want to get married and have a family. Uh, no, you don't. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you one glimpse of heaven, and you're going to say, I didn't need a guy. I didn't need a girl. I'm serious. I, and I'm saying that by faith because I've never seen it, but I've just read enough in the Word of God to know it is going to blow our minds. We, in our finite minds, we can't even un- comprehend. That's what the Bible says. We can't even comprehend what God's got in store for us. It's going to be awesome. And everybody said, amen. Next week, I'm going to teach you and teach us the reason for the rapture, and it's not what you think. And I'll explain that next week, and we're going to, because it's more in, it, we're going to get in the scripture, and I'm going to show it to you. Um, and uh, I'm not even going to tell you what it is yet, okay, because you got to come back and invite your friends and family, <laughs> invite your friends and family to come, because I'm going to stay in this I feel like I'm, the Lord's going to have me in this vein for a little while, teaching on the rapture and, and what's, what's going on and so that we have a good understanding. And here's the deal, guys. I'm not just teaching you this so that you have head knowledge. I want it to affect your life, cause you to live for God now, and, 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 but then also to share this with other people. This is an awesome witnessing tool, okay? All right, I want everyone to bow your heads in here this morning. And before we leave today, I want to make sure that everyone here under the sound of my voice knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Even if they're watching on, uh, online this morning or if they listen to this on the radio, just want to make sure that everyone knows Jesus. The Bible makes it very simple and clear how to receive Jesus when you've heard the gospel. It's in Romans chapter 10. It says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and then the Holy Spirit begins to work on you with his grace and train you in all godliness and righteousness and all those things. And so, but the first step is to pray a prayer of salvation. This is where you call upon the name of the Lord, that you you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart. And so I want to have the honor and privilege of leading you in that. And so even if you are saved and you know the Lord this morning, I want you to repeat this prayer with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me.
and everybody said amen. Everybody learned something today? Amen. Everybody ready for the Lord to return? The rapture of the church? Jay, will you come up here and we're going to speak this blessing over you today. I want everyone to stand up. If you have your family there with you, join hands. And we're going to speak a blessing over you today. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hug somebody's neck and tell them, I'm ready. I am ready.